Hey, uh, welcome to episode 7 of AngelCast uh, with me, Matt Hinton. Uh, me, Adam Kunis. And me, Alex Lay. Joining and us this week, we've also got... Donald Taylor. Wow. Yeah, yeah we're really getting through the, the bottom of the barrel angel members <laughs> to bring onto the podcast. I was going to say it's really nice to have original Angel Club members on the podcast, but sure, let's, let's insult Donald from the office. And, and <laughs> slightly infamous ones as well. Yeah, so. we'll bring on bring on whatever infamy they can bring to our podcast, basically. Uh, uh, not going to retweet quite a lot this, of retweets, then. hopefully. And there may wow, be, there may be uh, Rebecca Scott. hang out with uh, Donald, but there we go. Yeah, and there may be Rebecca sure Scott. Rebecca Scott's yeah, Rebecca Scott's joining us for she, uh, Open Play to talk yeah. about um, Underworlds. She's texting Adam right now. Um, yeah, so, so in match play, uh, we're going to be talking about Angel Core, our recent tournament. So it'll be two weekends ago when you when you finally get this episode after I've done the editing. Um, we're going to go over Adam's games because he played uh, the awards and what we thought went well in the tournament. In narrative, uh, I'm going to talk predominantly with Adam about the Necromunda campaign, the opening cycle, um, which happened uh, two, three weeks ago. Well, well, more like four or five, actually, the point that this comes out. Um, I'm going to go over just the mechanics of the day and just describe to you listeners how the narrative pushed on. Great. And then in open, uh, we're going to talk uh, with Becca Scott and Donal about um, <laughs> how um, the second season of Warhammer... Underworlds Night Vault um, is looking to shape up, and we're going to hear a little bit about Donal's um, predictions for the future with the uh, Moon Clan in Space battle tome that's going to drop in two weeks. Moon Clan in Space. <laughs> <laughs> See you in a bit, guys. Hello, uh, welcome to Match Play. So today we're going to be talking about uh, Angel Core, our tournament that ran uh, 6th and 7th of October, so I guess that's, what, two weekends ago by the time we get this show out? Yeah, depending how long it takes you to edit it. Yeah, it won't take that long, it'll come out on the Sunday two weeks. So, yeah. it's, just, it's just aggressive. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, quite active. Yeah, so Adam, you played. I did. Alex, you were in some other country. So I, was in, I, I was in Iceland. Fair enough. Yeah. That's all you'll say on the matter. Yep. <laughs> uh, and Donal came down to, to help us on day two, which was very useful of you. Um, and you can catch his, his lovely voice on the stream. Um, if, I, I think that's gone up, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. So if you want to head to um, either twitch.tv forward slash um, Magic Madhouse London, um, the five games streamed on table one will be there. Uh, for, I think it's a month that they stay up on Twitch. Um, other than that, Magic Madhouse now have a YouTube channel, which you can probably find by searching yeah, Madhouse, Magic Madhouse London. Tim was definitely uploading them as we were at the yeah, event. Yeah, I saw him so. on Friday this week, and he had uploaded four out of five and was doing the other over the weekend. So those are on YouTube, available uh, if you search Magic Madhouse London. Uh, you get five games streamed in our beautiful pink realm of whatever. Yeah, um, yeah thanks again to Andy for providing all of our lovely terrain for that. Indeed. Uh, so, Angel Call, we, we went through it in our last episode in terms of what the pack was and what uh, what was actually going on there. So, 20, what are we getting here? 24 players? Yeah. Yeah, 23, 24, I think, with Spurs. Yeah, to um, start, for sure. Five games, obviously, with realms and uh, scenarios released just before each one. Uh, so, I think if we go through really quickly, yep. Adam, your games in terms of 
then we can release the scenarios and the realms each time. Um, yeah, sure. Make sure everyone knows, but we, we won't spend too long going through it, and then we'll go through the results and what we thought went well. Cool. Um, so I was felt really fortunate to be on the stream game one against Steve Curtis, and Matt had chosen that we were going to be playing Focal Points in Giran, which suited me, because of course my uh, army is from Giran. And uh, Steve and I had grudged, well, it was a bit of a grudge match, really. We hadn't actually grudged, um, but we <laughs> had played round five of Angel Core 1 against each other, and I stole victory from him by a double six charge and killing a unit to the exact number of wounds to come third at the event last year. And so we played uh, <laughs> game one this year. It's apparently by fluke, but Kieran may have had a hand in it. It was um, entirely by fluke. I can guarantee that. So Steve was running the Grand Host of Nagash, uh, as he just has uh, to good effect at the uh, heat finals at Warhammer World as well and he had Nagash as you do mm -hmm. and um, I don't know like not many people took this but like an ethereal amulet zombie dragon I couldn't quite yeah. see what the merit oh, to that was really? yeah. um, um, you know what a waste of an artifact yeah. slot yeah. you know is that popular is that apparently it? yeah um, must be a narrative choice yeah yeah so. yeah, yeah, yeah of course um, yeah he yeah. obviously painted it like the artifact he already had like, it, was it was modelled on, which, wasn't which it? Round it was, was fully WYSIWYG. Fully WYSIWYG. Shaiish. Shaiish, yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, anyway. It died. Yes. Um, you can catch this game on the stream. I'm not. It was a and really, actually, really close I, game. I thoroughly recommend watching this game on the stream. Um, so I'm I, going to, because I, I haven't seen any of them yet. It was, I was superb to watch. I was on aforementioned holiday, and I yeah. want to see the Living City on a table. Um, and it was yeah, it was fun, and the Living City actually finally worked against Death, having lost four practice games in a row. Would you um, say the practice games played a hand in you having knowing what to do? No, I would say that rolling sixes played a big hand in ah, okay. knowing what to do, mostly they... on turn priorities and D3 damage from Wildwood Rangers against monsters. Makes sense. Oh yeah, that's a thing. Yes, yes. as is also rolling a six uh, with the shooting attack from the True Lord Ancient uh, for the D6 damage. What's the rend on the uh, Rangers again? It was irrelevant because of the ethereal amulet, but it is yeah. one. Right, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Zero they, for they, all they didn't rend purposes. They didn't rend anything during the weekend, but they did do some damage to things, so, so they were great. Um, and the griffin, uh, as other people have commented, seems to do much better the more he's painted, so he did quite well this weekend. Yeah. Um, did you actually use the command ability at any point? The griffin's one? No, the Giran one. No. After being in Giran. I don't think many people actually were using them. I, I made good advantage of a lot of the spells during the weekend, okay. but um, yeah, yeah. I can't even remember what the command The command ability was that you're allowed to cast a spell that isn't helpful. You're allowed um, to cast the Shield of Thorns spell. Which D3 mortal wounds against Nagash is sure. largely irrelevant because yeah, it was turned enough. back. Um, and it takes a command point to do it, which I didn't have spare. So yeah, it was it wasn't uh, particularly useful, but I successfully defended Giran, which is important uh, narratively. Uh, the forces, sure, sure. The forces of, of the god of death were uh, were sent packing. Uh, so that put me uh, on major win. Uh, then I played round two against uh, Angus Brain. Uh, I think it's from South London Legion. Uh, he was running the new Beasts of Chaos, which I had no idea what they did. Oh, Turn cool. That's cool. Oh, awesome. Turns out they ambush you, and then they summon more units after you've killed them. They're which, amazing. Um, which How was... many can ambush? Half the army. Yeah. By unit. Yeah. 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 Which is a lot. So yeah. you, you can't units. ambush everything at the start. You have to... Sure. And it's um, by unit, so you can put, like... Ten three guys, on yeah, the board on and the then board. ambush with like 50 
you know, twelve minotaurs, and that's sure. that's the same apparently. Which is obviously um, what you do. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and, um, he last had. Week uh, I don't know if he was his, his general was his Angle shaman because obviously, um, and he had um, a doom ball with an artifact that gives you mortal wounds on the charge based on how high you roll to charge. You roll that many dice. And it does mortal Is wounds. that a beast that artifact? Was, yeah. Nice. And it was amazing, amazing cuz he rolled a 10 on the charge with this doom ball <laughs> and was like here's a load of mortal wounds on your griffin. So so cool. is it 10 dice? It's 10 dice. I don't know if it was 4 up or 5 so up. So it's not even like the it's over the amount of distance that you didn't need to charge by or anything like that. No, it's, no, it's just what, what your charge roll is. Um, That's really cool. And yeah, does that nice. happen in the charge phase? Yes. So you can then... Okay, so yeah, you, then you can pile in afterwards. Yeah, yeah, so that was really good. Uh, we were playing the better part of Valor, which is burning, and despite us talking about those on the podcast, I got very lost with the maths and only just managed to pull it back to a draw on the major, having gone way up and then gone, hang on, why didn't I have yeah. any objectives left? And then, like, 30 Ungor came on the side of the table to fight my, like, two dryads, and I was like... I do not have majority models here. Um, <laughs> and he had various things that were helping him re-roll charges, and the um, the herd stone gives, like, everything minus one army. And, uh, oh, the herd rather. penguin. The herd penguin, yeah, it gives yeah. everything minus one armor. Yeah. Uh, or, sorry, it, it has a minus one rend modifier, um, which yes. gets bigger and bigger, and, of course, it's next to his objective, so I was like, ah... Oh. My four up re-rolling ones now doesn't exist, so oh dear. Yep. Uh, so that was fun. Um, I managed to pull that back to a minor win by killing his army um, and having a very, very, very long line of uh, glade guards stretched across the whole board, stopping for stuff coming uh, across. On the note of burning objectives, I think I, I definitely wanted to include one of them, and there's a, so it's always Scorched Earth or this one, mm. the better part of Valor. Um, apparently one game at Angel Chord did go to only one round, and then they played out for secondaries cool. in terms of the major objective. But and from the guy that lost, I think he was a little bit, we should have played Scorched Earth because it's got the you can't burn everything on turn one. Yeah. But I still I still think I hold by this one as a slightly better objective for match play just because of the lack of randomness. I think the Scorched Earth, because you can't burn your own objectives, means that you keep it in the game for the whole you think it lasts, time. I, so lasts I think it's better now. Okay. Um, I yeah, played it. Enough. I played it this week, and I was really impressed with how dynamic it is as a scenario. I would tend to agree at this point. I wouldn't yeah. have thought that before playing it out because I haven't played the older scenarios, if you like, since they've had an update. But yeah, yeah. I've played Scorch Surf once, and it came down. It, it it was nice because I was behind, and I could always see. Yeah. Well, if you roll two ones and I roll a three, then I win. But at the same time, that would be really bad for in that case. Owen, just because of dice rolls. He loses. Yeah, that's yeah. why I wanted to avoid it. Yeah. Um, that said, if we only had one game that was like that out of twelve, yeah, that's and not it, too it was, bad. It was and... deliberately early in the tournament as well, and yeah. I always want to include a burn one because I think you should. Uh, spoilers for Angel Call 2019. There will be a burn one of some description, most likely. Um, just because if your army's not ready for it, then you don't deserve to win the tournament. My opinion. Yeah, I don't think there's, there's two out of twelve of the scenarios exactly. cater for it. So, so one out of five probably... games should probably be it. And if you've got a list that can be alpha striked off and lose first turn, you shouldn't be winning the tournament. Yeah, that's I'm... why I put it in. Anyway, uh, game three. Yeah, um, I've just noticed I've written down my triumphs here and put little tick boxes for myself because uh, Donald nice. was telling me that triumphs win games, so I was like, you write it a, down. Uh, a physical counter that you put somewhere on the table. For I have a book and a pencil. Fine. I, I have it on a cheat sheet so in yeah. every hero phase I just have a list of things that I need to do is so I just have it written at the top of notes it, and have it that wins open. games yeah that's um, true 
So the next game was uh, against Jimbo on table two, which I was uh, pretty excited by. Yeah, you um, just missed the stream. And um, I was—he was running a Sylvaneth. Um, apparently, Durtha with his general, which kind of makes sense because he had the gnarled warrior command trait, which yep. made him annoying to fight. Uh, this was a total non-game. Sure. Uh, to, uh, Jimbo's a great opponent, but total commitment is atrocious for the living city. Um, putting everything on the table, and your opponent is Sylvaneth, so they just summon trees in the way with their one drop, so you can't shoot them, and then they can redeploy and you can't. There was nothing I was ever going to do in this game. Yep. Um, Jimbo could just sit... He didn't, to be fair, he brought the fight to me, but he could have just literally sat in the corners and scored, and then s attacked slightly more of my stuff in turn five. Um and that's not quite how the game went. I, pu I pushed towards him and, and went for a kind of halfway house between going full aggro and going for a kind of draw and looking at secondaries type situation. So sure. I I was psyched out by the game um, because I felt it wasn't one I could win. And also thematically, it was one I should have just capitulated in because he had a Lariel and she's the queen of the living city. So um, Fair enough. No, it, was a, it, was a, it was a cool game to play, but the Wildwoods weren't helping me in this one. That They were really helping Jimbo. Well, he was very kind to keep pointing out that blocking line of sight doesn't work if things can fly, and that Elariel could fly, but having pointed that out, he made sure he was 29 inches away and kept stopping cogs being summoned so the archers were never in range. <laughs> <So, laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> Swings and roundabouts. Thanks, Jimbo. That's uh, super, super helpful of you. Um, but again, I think total commitment has to come into tournaments just because there was not no Stormcast at Angel Core, right? I, I didn't, I didn't think I saw any. I believe not. So um, maybe Stormcast aren't looking so strong, even with the good short charge evocator bomb at the moment. Yeah. But it, it still completely annihilates Stormcast. It still scenario. stops um, eels as well. And, and uh, it will yeah, still, the it eel will... charge, if you depend on it again. Yeah, yeah. Like my list, I never depend on it. It's a nice to have, but I don't have enough stuff. Um, sure. Uh, I don't think... Um, yeah, I don't think you should win a tournament without being able to deal with total commitment. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's something I hadn't actually thought about in terms of the building of Living City. So if that's what you had in mind, it's something that you have to think about. Um, yeah. I hadn't gone through the scenarios as effectively as I might have done. Yeah. Um, but Jimbo did make the point afterwards, like if I had gone full aggro and come at him on one flank, um, there's yeah. not a lot he could have done. And actually there was enough terrain that he wasn't going to be putting enough Wildwoods on to get things onto my other objective. So with the four, I could have smashed one side and come across, perhaps. Yeah. You were never completely um, out of it. Right. Yes, you were up um, against it, but you weren't completely done. Yeah, but Jimbo's a good player, and like all the, seemingly all the Sylvaneth guys that still remain in the scene are super experienced with their lists, because yeah, people that, who stuck with help. it know what they're doing. I don't think um, it's an army that people pick up anymore. Uh, you no, say I that. Not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alex, hey, is Alex. To, um, <laughs> Alex has some birthday money. and yeah, uh, yeah, You should we'll definitely get Alario. Uh, so Alario is currently not in my list. Uh, Jimbo's list is so strong with that. Like he just basically doesn't drop anything on the board, and everything is summoned as fast as he can with loads and loads of battalions. It's a Dreadwood, or is it's it Dreadwood and something else? Uh, no, maybe it's not Dreadwood. Is it Winter? A Forest Folk. Can't, can't remember. It's Forest Folk. My, it's Forest Folk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Forest Folk. Okay. Yeah. I like so, Laurie's Winterleaf Battalion though. Yeah, I think that, that's that better good. for scenarios. There's, there's definitely, definitely some builds. Uh, that you can that you can do in Sylvaneth, but I just like I got to watch Alariel on stream twice, and again go back and watch games. I think it must be two and four where Jimbo was playing, and Alariel just won the game twice. Yeah, absolutely, six hundred points, and you get nearly two hundred points free as soon as she starts the game. I've only played Alariel once, 
recently really and I killed it with a Frost Lord with a Triumph. Nicely who done. Who flew over yeah, and killed yeah. her. Yeah, it was quite entertaining. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, so that means I need to try and get Alario into my Ironbark Wargrove somehow, which I might be an know. interesting conversation yeah, for another know. time. We'd have to try and. We'll, we'll we should try to fit we'll that look through all yeah. this. We can we can definitely get some practice games on at Angel Core in terms of how to make Sylvaner and message Jimbo. I will. Yeah, I'm sure Jimbo and will absolutely be messaging to, to Jimbo. Share some of his. She joined the Sylvaner um, WhatsApp group. Oh yeah. I yeah. Um, yeah, people like Jimbo and, and Laurie is definitely the way forward. So I thought they both gave, gave an amazing showing at the weekend, and it really inspired me as well to look at my Sylvaneth. Obviously, you're running it for our team events, but I've got two thousand points and change painted, and I've got a load of dryads ready for this uh, for Angel Core. So yes, they're mm -hmm. they're in an exciting place, I think. Game four after the nice like evening of beers and yeah, beers I mean we had stuff. we had great fun uh, that that Friday that Saturday night and yeah, Friday night to be fair <laughs> there was a lot of a lot of beer drunk. Yeah, what yeah, what was the uh, the evening entertainment given that you because you the computer games had gone effectively from the venue so what did you do instead? Well, I mean it's a board game cafe so it was available for anyone to play anything. I think mostly those would have champions went on and people were pretty drained from three games so there's yeah, mostly, mostly just really drinking and eating, drinking, we just drinking, drinking and, and chatting, having sure. some Noodle Street. Yeah. Did they play oh, the three beers for three dice game? Uh, no, I got one. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Only in the evening. I thought you'd ruined. I that think people donut. just pre people just preferred to have to have. There'd been a lot of risk already in the day, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, morning of day two, um, having um, won two, lost one, I'd already achieved what I'd kind of said that I was going to try and do, albeit one of the wins was a minor win. Um, I'd managed to get a fair amount of secondaries, and that brought us to round four. Um, it's kind of on table six against Owen, huh. who I had played in um, practice. One of probably about club. three practice games. Four practice games, okay. uh, one of the three against death. Uh, one of the yep. three losses against death. Mm -hmm. um, so I was not super confident going into places of arcane power on account of everything in death being a wizard and really tough to kill. Yeah. So, Especially um, Necromancer with hat. Necromancer yes. with hat can fuck off. <laughs> um, he's much harder to kill than Nagash, Arcan, Zombie Dragon Lord with Ethereal Amulet. In yeah. my I've never killed a Necromancer with hat. I've killed wow. all of those other things. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> it enough. cannot be done. I'll, that hat? I'll bounce 50% of my wounds into this skeleton unit that I can resummon for free. Yeah. Owen doesn't have skeletons though. Uh, so no, but Chain Rasp is anything summonable. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've definitely killed Owen's Necromancer before when he's not done that. Right. <laughs> so by cheating, you've, you've managed well, to kill Necromancer. Owen's forgetting to do a thing is not me cheating. Not actively, perhaps. <laughs> um, so we, I haven't unfortunately written down what the realm was for this one. It um, oh, it was fire. metal. It was Shamal. Oh, of course yeah, yeah, it, it was. Because it had rain steel, of lead or whatever. Rain steel lead. rain. One of my yeah. favourite things. Which, How um, did you find this went? I just love it. Ben Savage did not like it on table one. Oh, yeah, but as he, so, ben Savage. As he Jim, cursed on the screen. Jimbo having beaten me, kind of staying with me and Andy and was like, oh my God, how am I going to beat Ben Savage's Daughters of Cain? And I just like, roll a six. And he's like, yeah, but that's not a tactic. And then what did he do? He rolled, he rolled a six. A six. I mean, twice. Twice. And a, and a sixth of the witch elves go. What's the problem? Um, not if you then roll really well. Yeah. Sure, but. More than a sixth. Yeah. No, it's it's it's, it's you beat the armor you save. Beat the armor save. Are you so. worse than the armor save? So he lost like two thirds of the witches. No, I thought it was roll armor save or higher. No, no. armor really? save or less. So oh. I played I played Carl Martin as a spare player. And that was just me assuming that it was the same way no. that like old metal wow. spells used to work. No, no, you should have read that because yeah. it completely cool. ruined everyone with horse. I, play, I played Fine. I played I played forty I played forty <laughs> Saurus and I killed twenty eight of them. 
Was this when and you this were spare is... playing on the bottom table? Yeah, mm. yeah. That sounds nice of you. He reminded me to do it, so it was Fair fine. Enough. Wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, so my game against Owen was interesting. There was some controversy actually about the ruling, the new ruling of what it means to control objectives in this one, because previously in Duality of Death, you would have to keep the same hero. This one doesn't, and I'd, a lot of people didn't know that. Jack was kind of very much espousing that you could just swap out onto a different yeah. hero. Um, Owen made the mistake of putting his unrendable zombie dragon out on the left flank, so I was like, I only need to kill three quarters of your army if you're over there and I stay more than eight inches away from your breath. So I repositioned and made a huge mistake and failed a charge. So I should have put the Tree Lord Ancient onto one of the things and put a Branch Wraith there instead, which obviously got completely murdered by Spirit Hosts immediately. Uh, but he could only get two in, so two Spirit Hosts wasn't going to take down the Tree Lord Ancient and I could have um, chaffed up. I realised in turn three that if I were to just spend all of the Glade Guard shooting on a unit of Spirit Host a turn, that they would be dead. Yeah. Because even with a four up, the weight of shots just takes, clears them off. Um, they still come back, though. They do, but his grave sites were behind the line, and it doesn't matter because sure. he was in his own way. Um, so I did shoot it. I basically killed his entire army. Um, I got like 1,500 victory points out of him, um, but managed to lose the Major by a fair distance. Because yeah. uh, by the time I'd killed Arkham, taken Necromancer with hat down to one wound, and then <laughs> the big problem with the Knight of Zeros is that he's definitely, definitely designed to kill uh, like little wizards at the back. In this list, he just kind of portals in, and then he can only do a maximum of four wounds a turn, so yep. he doesn't. <laughs> and then you have a big problem because suddenly they're uh, grot shamans, right, Donal? You should kill some grot shamans. Yeah, they're not minus one to hit them. I suppose at least he's re-rolling his own hits. Yeah. Inherently minus one to hit. I know your list is like minus seven to hit, but there we go. Um, yeah, and I keep forgetting that um, the Azeros has a lantern that he can shatter once again. That's D three mortal wounds. Yeah, so, so then I, he's really good at killing the wizards. He no, comes in and does three. No, and then, and then, then he rolls a one, and then it still has one wound left, which is what happened in this game. Um, yeah, I managed to dispel score almost shield on the uh, ethereal amulet zombie dragon, and then ignored him. So that was a really good use of the. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was good. Um, so that was a horrific loss um, but fair play to Owen he knows exactly what he's doing and he really punished me for the couple of mistakes that I made early on sure. and he admitted to me after the game that he thought that it was a good scenario for me and that I was going to punish him for putting the zombie dragon on its own on a flank Okay. I think he was toying with throwing it in and going I might lose the, the major for the first few turns but if your army's dead then that's great but yeah, he must but have been scared also of... just seen what you'd just done on t on game one right? yeah and I'd stop the reroll so I was going to be doing effectively a third more damage Yeah. so how many characters did he have? he had the zombie dragon zombie dragon, uh, arcan, he had the spirit torment and the necromancer yeah. with hat so I only needed to kill three of them and shield the rest of my army to, to take it and I failed and I kept forgetting to dispel palisade as well so I just wasn't on it Sunday morning Yeah. so you should have just tried to kill everything except for necromancer with hat yep yeah, and that's he's impossible. Hat didn't he's... even make it to the objective because I blocked it up. So any time spent killing him was a waste of time. Um, yeah, I got, I got, I got everything in the wrong order, and there was no coming back from it because death. Fair enough. Just uh, back. Owen's a solid player. So that yeah, he is you... absolutely. Uh, game five. Game five was against Daniel George and Deepkin, and um, if I never play Deepkin again, that's too soon. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think they they just suck. Um, you are, I think Deep can either smash you off the table or get smashed off the table I think it's a total non-game I think they exist outside the meta and I have no interest in them in the same way that I have no interest in Caradron Overlords in the previous 
edition. It's just a nothing game one way or another. I, I think do, I, do I think, think I agree, but I'm I think I my deepkin list is very different to what most people are taking at the moment. I've, I've played your deepkin list three times and hated all of it, apart from the fact that I'm playing against you. I yeah. think that they suck. But it's not the same thing. It's no, 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 absolutely. Alpha Strike, I'm but it's have the nine more shotguns. No, but it's it's more. I think the tide table is. Um, regardless of what the individual units are doing, I think the tie table is so overpowered compared to other similar things in other lists. Yeah. Like the ability to have a turn of combat like mid game that's always going to be key in scenario play where everything strikes first. Do you, do you, you think there's ways the you can play unit. against that or take yeah. artifacts that that help you? So the doppelganger cloak. Possibly, but how much of the field is Deacon, and are you going to build a list to fight against it? So yes, my 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 order Draconis army would have taken Dan off in turn one, and he would have hated the game. And his his army took me off in turn three, and I hated the game. Like it's not an army that in the current build that people are running actually allows people to play the game. And for game five, I was just super bored. Um, Dan was an amazing opponent and was super gracious about it. And we massively made sure that we played to the pack and played out all the secondaries. Um, and we had a really good conversation and like played the game. But he he seemed pretty bored by his army as well. Um, so that's how I feel about Deepkin. Um, I just don't think they're worse than Daughters of Cain. Perhaps not. I've um, having run Draconis. I've had quite a good run against Daughters of Cain. I've not played them much in AOS two. Yeah. Um, obviously, they're doing really well. I've dodged them a bit, um, and actually, there's relatively few people playing them. But the people who are playing them are doing really well with them. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I just know that having played Deepkin in AOS two, it sucks, and I haven't enjoyed it. Yeah, I love playing Deepkin as Deepkin. <laughs> yes, big distinction. This is this is another reason I'm not haven't been running Draconis recently, right? It felt like a similar kind of game. It was like if I out, if I'm out dropped, I've lost. Um, sure. Also like dumb stuff like the eels being able to channel all of their mortal wounds through one model when there's nine of them in a unit and suddenly there's like 15 mortal wounds coming from one place and you go That is poor rules right. And I'm like awesome. I I've never done that to be fair. I always yeah. do it as so, they have to be within 3 inches to actually activate but yeah. that's not the rules. It's not the rules, no. no. But, but I, it's you know, like when I never did the Vanguard wing into combat. I always rolled my three up charge. Yeah. Like, um, I just rules is intended sometimes. Like. Yeah, but people aren't going to do that on the scene. No, no, yeah, no, absolutely. I'm just saying I do. Also, the <laughs> fact the fact that the um, Eidolon isn't a monster. Yeah, that is cool. Is idiotic. Celestin Prime's not a monster. Same size base, same size model. The Celestin Prime is arguably also idiotic. Fine. Yeah, yeah. It, get, but, it gets like, stuff. You have to it put gets the same stuff for free. The Celestin Prime. The argument is the Celestin Prime is eight wounds compared to twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Which is <laughs> yeah. big when you can put and an ethereal amulet on something that then isn't a monster and so can take cover. I mean, it doesn't get the cover with the ethereal amulet, but you know what I mean. Like, it's got a lot of nah, buildable options with it. It's not good enough. And the Celestin Prime is just a dude with swirly things below. Yeah. The the Eidolon's yeah. just a dude. Swirly so wave below, it. arguably. Like yeah. it's the same size model. It's yeah. literally anyway, the same size model. For what it's worth, the scenario was Total Conquest. The scenario was a complete irrelevance because I couldn't hold any of it. I like Total Conquest though as a finisher. Yeah, I, I like it was a really a scenario. good thing That's why to have as the last scenario. It's so painful to do the deployment though. It's less painful. There's a new map in the. Um, yeah, and we let people be. set up the deployments 15 minutes early. Like, yeah, we gave people an extra 15 minutes, especially for the top tables, to make yeah. sure that they got the game done. I've always liked it, to be fair. Um, so yeah, Dan, Dan was a great opponent. If I, I don't ever want to play against Deepkin again, um, but he's doing like 3D printing for like measures and stuff. Uh, so yeah. look him up. I don't know if he has Twitter, but it's Daniel George. 
Um, and that was that. So um, again, I managed to score a lot of secondaries. So I managed to take 64 secondary points. Uh, Out of 100. Out of 100. Maximum. Yeah, but which having lost three games, I'm pretty, you, pretty happy I'm with. put pretty high on the, put on the me secondaries ninth, list. Uh, and in the event. Awesome. Yeah, that's really, Assuming really well that done. soft scores didn't count towards event placing. No. Good. The thing that aimed at... Uh, Kieran released eventually after releasing the incorrect one. Yes. Um, um, yeah, so that was that. All of that. I really enjoyed Living City. I think it has legs. Um, I think the yeah. build was slightly fluffy and soft, but there's I think there's naughty things you can do with it as long as you bear in mind total conquest, uh, total commitment. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was a good outing. I achieved what I set out to. I enjoyed all of my opponents. Didn't necessarily enjoy all of my games. Um, but, you know, it's a 10 minute walk from the flat, so what can you do? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so we'll just go through quickly who won what, and then we can and then we can get on to what we thought, how we thought the event went. Uh, so Wooden Spoon was John Green. Uh, sports was Jimbo, as yes. we said, with Sylvaneth. So congrats to Jimbo for bringing home the, it shows you what narrative play can get you even at match play events. I mean, he didn't get Jimbo. my vote. Even at match play events. <laughs> Also Harsh. with Galarial as well. Galarial gets you all the stuff. Yeah. Uh, so our coolest army, which was player voted uh, painting award, was John Green, who's got the Silverneth with loads of order conversions and yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, it. it's it's mixed order. Um, but so there's quite a lot of Silvernethy stuff and some uh, order yeah, he dragon. Has a, he and, has a, yeah, I like it. He's so his um, tree lord is a Morngul that's basically like neon green and has a. Um, uh, magnetized Durthu sword, um, Tree Lord Ancient staff, so it's like multi use and it's really cool. Yep. Um, he's got a Carnosaur dragon as well. Uh, it was a great army, and he, he was an absolute like fly away winner with coolest army. It was, yeah. Like I think the closest second place was ten votes behind him. Really? Wow. Twenty four. So something wow. like that. It was it was absolutely clear cut that his was the coolest army according to the players there. Uh, best painted. The judges had a really, really hard time after, unfortunately, Ming couldn't make it to do all this bit of judging. Um, so we had to narrow it down into three categories that we that we thought represented things. So it was something like uh, technical painting out of five, uh, conversion ability out of five, and uh, paint scheme out of five something like Kieran came up with the three categories so five of us went round and looked at all of the nominations which there was I think five of yeah that gave everybody a score out of 15 times five and there was three points between first and second in total and Adam took it I mean it was a total fix but thanks for saying numbers <laughs> no no we we really because <laughs> none of us are massively in on the painting scene so we wanted to just throw a whole load of judges and basically have a panel of a panel of not quite experts but people who sort of know what they're talking about effectively cool. give the give the painting judging through uh just because we didn't we didn't have the option of anything else so it was impressive how very very close it was and sorry that andy couldn't take home a trophy um because his army is also beautiful but adam adam here took home our best painted trophy yeah uh, the only one I defended from last year, which is a shame. It was. Uh, and, and best that was destruction. The, sorry, that was the official press release on Podcast Gate. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> the, every year, it's the Adam Kunis show. I mean, uh, so best destruction, Tom Loin took home whatever his list was. I don't know, some Thunder Tusks. There were fewer Magma Dragons things. than usual. Yeah, but. which isn't as good. Uh, <laughs> best chaos, Mark Wilson. We still owe him a bottle of wine after he left. 
<laughs> he left early to get home on his really long train. So there's a bottle of wine for him somewhere. Uh, best death. Uh, I think Kieran had to correct this. I don't was know. Was Ben Murphy, I'm pretty okay. sure. Not Steve. Not Steve. Not Owen. Not, not Owen. One of the not other Dan, thousand ethereal. I think we announced on the, time, on the okay. day. But I, I apologise if I've got that wrong. I don't have Kieran's spreadsheet in front of me. Um, I've just got what we announced on the day, which I'm relatively sure was wrong. But it did end up coming down to sports and gaming points, that one. Uh, best order was Ben Sava, uh, as you'll find out in a second. Spirit of Angel Call was our, was our difficult one. We couldn't really decide for a bit how to how to do this. It was difficult. Shut up. We're shaking our heads. Because Adam won it. Fine. But what we Fix. essentially did was me and, me, and, me and Kieran went round the room and we had a look at every single table and we said, you know, how sportsmanlike is each player being and how, how good are they being in every game? Presumably this wasn't during round five then. No, we did it in every round. Okay. And we said, well, they get one point, two points or three points. And then you got some bonus points and you had to stick around for the Friday or Saturday. But actually, like every time we came around to your table, I'm pretty sure you got a three pretty much every time because it looked like you and your opponent were having a good time. Oh. Maybe you just got lucky and we came over to your table at also, the right point. Also, he's just he, acting. Yeah, yeah. So he, he, yeah is, he just he saw me came over and suddenly was like, Oh, hey, Matt, hey, I'm Matt. having the oh, best time. The best time here. My I, do, I love my playing against and death. I've bought him several pints. Yeah, actually, don't you, don't you rehearse in a mirror now for when you're going to play against Deepkin? Uh, oh, yes. hi, how are you doing? Oh, oh my God, so excited. Fish elves. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Adam, no. Adam took that one home. Thank you. Uh, third, so on to, on to the one, two, three. Third was Jimbo. Yep. Uh, with Silverneth, no one was more surprised than Jimbo. Yeah, well, even though he brought home four wins and loads of secondary points. Oh, that—that's what I mean. That's what he was surprised about. Yeah, sure. like, Why am I not losing? It's like because you know what you're doing. Uh, second was Laurie with Silverneth. His list was amazing. He had a Winterleaf Wargrove with a Frostheart Phoenix, which sounds bad and is, but also is fluffy. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Winterleaf super cool. Frostheart. Yeah. You know, um, we talked about that at Heat Three, and he was like, "I want to do that." I was like, "You should do that." Yeah, and first place after a really tight game five that Donald commented on um, all the way through, uh, Ben Sabah. Wow! So he took the win from Jack. He took the win from Jack in that last game. I think it was. I think it was Jack it was deployed good. badly. Yeah, there was there was so, there was mistakes, but there was some really good points in the game. Yeah. Ben totally deserved to take the tournament. So fair play to the best dressed man in Warhammer. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it was really, really good to see. He did, he did sit on table one for three rounds and held it. So It helps when you play Daughters of Kin. It, it does, but, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's I'm still, available to everyone. I'm still interested not, in that. Not that, true, right? actually. There's a paywall. There is. There is really there? is. It. Well, there is a paywall. There is. It's £35 oh, pounds for 10 witch elves and you need 60. Okay. So, yeah. And yeah it's 70, enough. actually, because I think you need two thirties and a 10. That's true. So yeah, it's, yeah there is and a then the canaries are thirty quid for five, and you need two units of them, so that's another. So six it's not a, it's not a cheap entry point, and, and that's before you then get characters. Yeah, yeah, so. fair enough. At least yeah. most of your characters are free if you buy Cauldron of Blood. You also got your Hag Queen and various stuff. Yeah. In there, anyway, so. well done for <laughs> buying the win, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was our conclusion, I presume. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that that was the takeaway, but it is also potentially. Alright, congrats, Ben. Uh, so in terms of takeaways from the tournament, I think the stream went really well. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, I really enjoyed doing it. Game one, uh, day one, even though I was absolutely exhausted by the end of it. Um, yeah, we had some expert uh, fill-in commentary from Donald, of course. Yeah, um, on few, game five. On game five. Interestingly, listening to Just Saying podcast, they yeah. they prefer having just players mic'd up. 
Brilliant. Which we tried to alternate between when we were doing it between having the players mic'd up, especially in the hero phase, yeah. versus commentating um, for the rest. And I think it is important to try to balance it. Um, yeah, it's just more work. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's an awful lot on. more work. Yeah. I would admit, actually, I preferred watching things like mini wargaming originally because it was always the players that were doing the commentary on their own game and then taking it in terms of yeah. hold the camera. But you purpose. need then the players to be interactive. So Jack was really good at this, better than Ben, but I think that was just because Jack's probably been on the stream more. Yeah. Of A, engaging us to tell us what he was doing. Yeah. B, um, saying things out loud when, when he knew it was on. Yeah. I mean, that's where Jack excels in the game in general, is being super clear and super open about what his game plan is and how it's going to work. I think similarly, Amit used to play like that back yeah. in eighth. You just got to be like, this is what I'm going to try and do. I've done it. And that, that level of communication is, I think, often yeah. what separates the top players. Yeah, Dan right. Ford is well known that. for that because yeah, he just yeah, goes, yeah. I'm going to do this. I just did this. Cool. This is this, <laughs> this, this many millimeters away. Okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, no confusion. Yeah, I would uh, tend to agree. Apart from the stream, food was good. Um, food was great. Uh, the venue was good. Terrain worked for everyone, I think. Yeah, so um, thanks to the uh, London Wargaming Guild for uh, providing us with some of the sets of terrain there. Thanks yeah. to Andy Burton as well and to Alex Lay, uh, of course, for your set. Uh, or, well, Ian's set anyway. And um, <laughs> thanks uh, thanks to Tom for supplying his, his terrain too. We had a real, yeah. real good community effort, um, which allowed us to put... Um, really good terrain on 90% of the tables and good terrain on the other 10%. Uh, but we're going to paint up some more stuff for next year, I think. Yep. For, year, for year two of where we were, the tables were better than last year. We had mats on everything. Um, and there yep. wasn't a table I played on where I was like, oh, this is just grey plastic or like I don't feel immersed by this realm or whatever. Yeah. Or more importantly, the fact that you bought a ticket and terrain was included. Right. And yeah. no one wants I mean, to be I've trekking into. It, well, no one wants to be trekking into central London carrying terrain. That's no. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. Anything else to say on Angel Call? I think Don't just know? the realm choice, the realm scape features. Yeah. That could be looked at so I don't oh, think I just, Steel Rain is awesome it's not you want some it's, controversy or else you don't get any coverage don't it's not on. fun from a competitive angle yeah, of just rolling a 6 to, to be but, fair I, I apologise I thought it went the other way because I assumed it was metal and I assumed it so, worked the way that it used to work in 8th edition for everybody's benefit can you explain how it works and how you thought it was going to work no because we already did that earlier listen we literally explained it earlier um, I thought it was roll your saver over and you take a mortal wound were it's we recording when you were talking yes. Yeah. Yes. oh shit sorry yeah. so if you've got a 5 up save I, I thought it ticket. was roll a 5 or 6 and you die it's actually roll a 1, 2, 3, 4 and you die yeah. right okay so you're losing 2 thirds instead of yeah. a third yeah, it's my on, fault. A, on, a, on a 6 up um, no I think you know my, my what I was going to say to defend you on that before you just admitted that you had no idea what it did was uh, that the scenario that it came up on um, particularly the realm of metal was the scenario where thematically the scenario is supposed to be a fight between characters so yeah. and kill that, two that, thirds that, of all the horde models that Jumped actually up. was deliberate I yeah. did, even though I knew, even though I got the rule the wrong way round, I still deliberately picked it for the one where wizards and heroes yeah. score. It also, um, in in a meta where there are hordes of daughters of Cain, if they're surviving that twice and still winning, like fair play. Yeah, um, that is an indication they may be slightly underpowered. I mean, I <laughs> you think they should only come with a third of the models? Hashtag buying a win. <laughs> okay, uh, you can fight that battle. I'm trying to sell a Daughters of Cain army at the moment, so if anyone's interested in that, uh, message me at Hadriel Cain because uh, uh, I've got some rent to pay. So. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh god you do I live with you now yeah absolutely um, so yeah I think that's it for the event yeah. from no, me I think, it, I think it went really well we'll be, we'll be looking at doing another one we're, we're having talks about doing a doubles or something using the using the space team the tournament a little bit better yeah and Magic Man House are keen to Magic Madhouse are keen to potentially run uh, one day as themselves as well yep. through the year. So, yeah, so gonna be look cool. out for more Angel Coin in the future is all I can say. Um, the final thing about that in terms of watching games, um, I've been really enjoying watching stuff on the Honest Wargamer and various other Twitch streams, in, including Warhammer TV from time to time. Um, Magic Madhouse are keen to record some of our club games on Tuesday nights and get them up onto YouTube, so we're going to try and build up a bit of a catalogue of um, different scenarios, different armies uh, playing against each other, so there's going to be more content coming that way on that link through right. Magic Madhouse London yep. uh, going forward awesome right should we take a quick break yeah let's do that yes. awesome cool uh, welcome to um, narrative play this week we're going to be talking a little bit about um, the Angel Falls Necromunda campaign which we previewed um, a few weeks back uh, we've now uh, had the first cycle so um I think Alex, if you talk us through a little bit of what how you're planning on running on the day, because basically we went down. Was there six of us in the end? There was six of us in the end. Yeah, there was a, a couple of people couldn't make it on the day. Yeah, so we went down to Magic Madhouse a couple of weekends back on the Sunday and um, played four rounds of uh, Necromunda with the uh, campaign improvements on. The oh no, sorry, it's eight of us. Eight of us. Eight We had four tables running. Yeah. We had some multiplayer games as well. And we um, basically went through kind of the beginning stages of developing our warbands. Um, some of us became more developed than others. I mean, that's a Goliath phrase anyway, right, isn't it? Probably, yeah. yeah. I'm more developed than you. Hashtag gains. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Reps. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it went well. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great day, I think. Um, so we started off with... Um, uh, the scenario that I predefined to be three turns only, the uh, which was uh, simply done just to get people used to the rules. So yeah, what we I, had some new players, didn't we? Yeah. So I was very conscious that in game one, I didn't want that dragging on and on and on and on, just uh, with people having to constantly, you know, look things up. So the idea was it would be a quick fire three turn game, small yeah. amount of models on the table, and you just run across the board and it gets you stuck in straight away with the basic rules and that was the yeah, and, and make sure people know how their things work right? exactly yeah. yeah yeah and uh and the entire point of that was to not only promote that but also then to get the post-game sequence as well because this is where i think probably one of the big frustrations of the game at necromunda it's a bit like blood bowl is you've just finished the game and then there's an entire post-game sequence to go yeah, through as well. Now do all of the admin. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, and you have to do it with the other player present because there's various roles and things, yeah. which, I mean, I guess in a narrative campaign we could just trust each other or take fluffy things. But it's nice to actually go through that and find out, like, has my dude been captured? Has he lost a leg? Yeah. Did the doctor accidentally murder him? Precisely. Uh, Are you playing, Alex? You're playing as yeah, so I was, was actually going to cover that off. So because so my original intention was that there was going to be um, uh, eight players plus me. Okay. Uh, but it ended up being seven players plus me. And the idea mm -hmm. was that I'd be not necessarily a spare player, but I was going to be running around with NPCs. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is hence why you may have seen on my Twitter feed that Cal Jericho was all very kindly painted up by Adam, and I also had in Inquisitor Vey uh, all painted up as well. And I'd done some little narrative tidbits to the other players in the form of little um, stories 
of they coming to um, Angel's Canopy uh, with a primary psyche that was accompanying him and that psyche immediately having a nosebleed violently convulsing and dying as a result of uh, the space as soon as the airlocks was released on the ship um, and then him going off to find this bounty hunter that he'd been put in contact with to then go down into the, the underhive and the intention there was that I was going to interrupt going to those NPCs um, what I did instead was I just ran the NPCs as my gang for the day um, and so I adapted it slightly to make sure that I was matching myself against opponents that um, had maybe some narrative bits going on that the NPCs could then interact with um, the only difficulty or lessons learnt from that and I think the big thing with narrative campaigns is because they aren't necessarily inherently balanced yeah. um, the lesson learnt from that was that the NPCs were intentionally quite tough um, and they are they are too tough to be taken on um, as a gang by a low 1000 starting credit gang like th those gangs are not developed enough to stand up to sure. Cal Jericho hitting on twos, fire, running full distance, firing two pistols. He's a full on like level with, twenty D and D. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, with like two with two himself. strength four las pistols that have minus one AP. Now, when everyone's got a gang rating of two thousand, that's probably fine. But at this stage, it was a little bit much. It was, but equally, I think you played it narratively, and um, there was a sense of guiding people towards like a common goal in the later scenarios as well. So although they were OP, like you don't want. Cal Jericho being murdered game one. No, true. It's not going to yeah, true. Thing. True. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, that that said, there's there's plenty of scope for characters like that to be brought back in subsequent scenarios. Yeah, exactly. Where exactly. people's gangers potentially exactly. can't. Um, what was your game too? Because the only reason I ask is, I didn't get everybody to play the same scenario at the same time. I quite often got people to play scenarios yeah. against certain players depending what was going so my, on my first game was against Cordor against James and, and that was standoff because that was the one I capped at three turns yeah, yeah. and so. um, some, something I'd say like if you you know it's something that we now know and, and we'll look at for future cycles and campaigns but if you're going to be uh, running Necromunda um, there is an imbalance at the starting point between the gangs and yes there particularly is particularly favours Goliath yes it really does uh, yeah but only based on the writing of the scenarios so like I have a gang of eight models to start and most people have like 10 or 11 mm -hmm. but the number of gangers you have in a scenario are D3 plus 3 yes they are so I could have six or D6 Goliaths, plus whatever whatever it is yeah. but it's always random and it's the, models it's not points that, and that's the difficulty yeah, so the, the number so, of characters who show up for the game could be the same or weighted in my favour based on scenario but I have a deeper field effectively so I might have six out of my eight guys which let's say that represents 800 out of a thousand credits and James had like 500 out of 1,000 credits in his warband, and so that was, sure. you know, you can see how that would be problematic. Yeah. Um, so that, that was interesting. I think that Goliath should have a minus one. Yeah, I mean, any, I'm... Any I'm, of those random I mean, I'm not, selections. I'm not going to lie, I'm looking at this for cycle two, and it's not because... Um, we all know it's it's an inherently not balanced game. It's never intended to be balanced. It is meant to be played yeah, as a narrative team, game. No. And it, it precisely, Kill Team was released as a full-on competitive 40k um you know compact low model count game necromunda yeah. is a fanboy game for those of us who loved it 20 years ago and want to um, and also want to spend 500 quid on uh set to mechanica scenery yeah. um for to see having magic madhouse means we don't have to do that um but 
also want people to enjoy the games and if you look at the and you can if you go on Yak Tribe you can look up the, the Angels full campaign and, and it's actually transparent how the campaign's progressing for, I believe I read all of the fluff you did yeah you, you did, did. Indeed. You did. Um, and you can see that it's it's quite clear that the two Goliath gangs are at the top already um, yeah because even Faye even Faye even when she lost uh, Michelle Pfeiffer uh in good, there was a gang called Michelle Pfeiffer in Faye's gang. He was killed by John Bishop. He was quite killed by John Bishop. <laughs> yeah. Game one, headshot dead. John yeah. Bishop apparently is not only a comedian but a sniper. Yeah, uh, sniper with flamethrowers. Yes, um, horrific. And uh, and yeah, even and it's quite rare for Goliaths to lose a ganger like that so easily. Um, but you know the dice were but the dice were and even and still even so, um, Faye's gang's actually doing very very well. Yeah. And not that I've got a problem with you or Faye doing well, we just need to make sure that um, we're not in a scenario where I'm going to have to call a new campaign because the glass have run but away with you, it. Do you think that's up to, in in the full spirit of narrative, do you think that that's up to the GM as you yeah, to sort out, or do you absolutely. think it's up to the player no, playing Goliath? No, I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I okay. think, um, I don't, the thing is with Goliaths, you have to remember that they are, they are toughness for and strength four and they have an inherent armour save and not all gangs most gangs are strength three toughness three and don't have an inherent armour save or at least not one that's um, much better than six plus sure um, but Goliaths are meant to run at you and punch you in the face and none of the play- and the players were, were doing that that's precisely what yeah. they were doing it's just sure. that so there's not too much you can do in terms of narrative not, no. not comping yourself but I was just thinking about it in terms of in terms of like D&D terms how I know to speak um, there is yeah as you say there's a bit on the GM to actually sort yeah. out those those problem players that have got a player that's just outshining the rest of the group so what, but at the same time it's it's up to that player to just have a chat and think about you know why am I actually making this fun for my opponent exactly so I think what I'm looking at doing is potentially giving players who are matched against a Goliath player the tools to do that sure so maybe by saying that sounds you, fun. Yeah, I think maybe Adam should just be less competitive and more fun in um, general. I think so. So my yes, I think you're right. But I think my, my counterpoint to both of both of those arguments is I think the the issue and you know Alex was saying that the first kind of standoff game was very much people learning the mechanics of the game. Yeah, I've played more Necromunda than yes. everyone else who was there. Yeah. So like in terms of like fulfilling the scenario requirements, um, we had some secret objectives as well which was playing narratively yeah, but there yeah. were real time rewards in terms of actually gaining credits for that and I was able to fulfil those objectives exactly. pretty easily having yeah. played Necromunda before so I'd started with kind of a, a credits bonus more gangers perhaps as well but the second game was uh, which you asked me about before was me versus Faye so we had a we actually role played a standoff rather than playing a game yeah. so we had a conversation between the two Goliath leaders about oh, of course. Um, Odin, my leader, was going to follow uh, Janice to kind of take down Angel Falls, and um, you can talk about how good the stats are all you want, but like one of the really good stats they have is uh, cool, they're cool, so like whether they can keep their cool in a firefight, and they're ridiculous. You roll two dice and you only need a five plus to yeah. keep your cool with those guys. I, I've literally always thought that cool was just like when you do cool things you had to make a cool check to like shoot your gun sideways make yeah. A cool, yeah. I mean, yeah that is one way that it or, should be done or, or to drop a one liner as keeping your cool no, there's, um, what, what Adam, 
I want to do this cool thing. I'll make a cool check. <laughs> what Adam's <laughs> alluding to is there's a scenario in Gang War 3. Yeah. Um, which is not called standoff. It's uh, I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, but it's effectively the two gangs walk very slowly to each other, Mexican standoff style, with their hands just above their guns, and it's the first person to yeah. fail a cool check okay. that then starts I, shooting away. And it was interesting because we kind of went into that from a narrative perspective and literally did role play the conversation between the two leaders. And the way I'd gone into the game was that my leader wouldn't want to uh, ally with Faye's leader, but she absolutely taught me around narratively and roleplay-wise to do that. And I was like, cool, so we're going to do this thing. And then five of my gangers in a row rolled under five plus on two dice. Yeah. And so they all just pulled out their guns and started shooting each other. I was like, that is not what I wanted to happen here at all. Because it's like somebody standing with like a double, double-headed chain axe, like next to my leader and I don't get to activate and I'm like oh shit this is yeah. kind of horrible yeah, yeah 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 um yeah, so yeah. it was it was actually it was really great and um I mean I think the 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 thing perhaps in terms of the campaign balance that was an issue with that scenario is we beat the shit out of each other and got a load of XP but neither of us lost anyone or took any serious that's injuries that's it I mean that's, that's so it's it. more that's more in the, the post game stuff of yeah, that we exactly. achieved, we'd both achieved our uh, secondary and narrative missions which had a bonus for gang composition yeah but then we were just kind of fine yeah um, sure. as well on, Goliaths on, don't on lose models off. that's the not well, inherently you say that but we were rolling on the same chart as everybody else like one you know but it's we, getting on that chart in the first place but it was Goliaths versus Goliaths so you're still wounding on a 2 plus and ignoring people's armour because you're stabbing someone in the back and the armour only works on the front arc uh, again, but then that's that comes down to the experienced play thing. For the majority of players, they're going to see that as it's going to. I'm always on a four than a four, which well, is what they experience against the other toughness strength well, yeah, three yeah, models. That's why I'm saying that this game was particularly interesting. What happened post game because yeah. we took each other out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, we survived. And didn't Janice punch Odin in the face or something yeah, at one she point? Killed yeah. my leader and a juve in one yeah. turn. Like, yeah, yeah. So that was you know in terms of the survivability. Yes, in general, it's imbalanced. But in the game against each other. We were still rolling what everyone else did, where like James and Tom were like, "Oh shit, two of my gangers have actually died." Yeah, it's actually, costing me a hundred credits to get them back. Yeah, that just didn't happen. Yeah. So, um, you know, we had some miss next game people. Yeah, but exactly. Actually, yeah. when you're playing four games in a day, you go, "Oh well, I guess I won't run those gangers," and it was still fine. Yeah. In the final scenario, we only had three gangers each for all of the players in the big multiplayer game. So it was yeah. like, cool. Well, four of my guys are missing next game. <clears throat> that's fine because I couldn't use them anyway yeah I mean the thing for the three gangs in the end game was because the end game game four skipping ahead a little bit was only ever meant to be a bonus game and also was, there was a point there where you're being time conscious as well uh, so speak, was, let, was, let's jump to two game four um, basically the the, day, the narrative for each of the warbands progress and you'll be able to check that out on uh, Yak Tribe looking for uh, Angel Falls campaign and we'll, we'll update with some of those narratives as, as bonus releases as we've said as we recorded some of it uh, the fourth game was awesome we had a bit of a zombie apocalypse moment and yeah was, uh, Alex had was it 50 um, what are they pox walkers well, it's the Poxwalker models, but they yeah, weren't yeah, running them as Poxwalkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nurgle army just suddenly appear on the table in groups of ten, and they had like some awful breath attack um, that just horribly murders everybody. And they had you couldn't fail a six-up save for your life. Yeah, I know. Um, the turns out the Necromunda dice that come in the game are sometimes pretty good. They're all sixes. Yeah, and um, so everybody had three. They had, we had really like multi-level terrain, so there a lot of people standing on towers. Uh, there was rules for the big kind of sector mechanicus crane, so you could like spin that round and like 
killed when he's on. Yeah, so one of the things I wanted to achieve, it was a bit bit of like a a Realmscape type thing, borrowed from AOS. What I wanted to make sure is that when we set up the tables on the Friday, I put a piece of scenery on each table that I wanted to give rules. Uh, rules specifically for players to interact with if they wanted to and the big crane that comes in this, the, one of the sets of Mechanicus kits uh, we said that a ganger could jump in and operate badly they could only hit <laughs> they could only hit somebody else on a six but sure. if they hit they somebody it's a crane it's a crane yeah and you're going to get swatted off whatever balcony you're on and go flying quite far and it's probably amazing. not make it so yeah it was yeah. quite good fun I did, I did um, find that in that final game most of the damage that was caused to me was when trying to run away from zombies that were respawning climbing thing I kept jumping off things to get down levels that they couldn't chase me and yeah. taking like quite a lot of falling damage <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> you get a strength hit per kind of inch that you go and if you scatter off someone's like shit I've just fallen yeah. 8 feet so and I've broken a leg in terms of the narrative, what actually, what actually? Yeah, was, I was going to say. This, yeah, so what happened is, um, as you know, cycle one. Uh, for those of you listening to the story that um, that you kindly read out for us, yep. um, cycle one was all about the players trying to establish pieces of territory around the edge of the pit in the middle of the dome, yep. in preparation for um, not only just trying to land grab and get a little bit more power and get more established but also in preparation for ultimately going down the pit to explore um, and as they were doing that and there was a lot of infighting there was a game that I rang technically as a multiplayer game with Rob Fellman and uh, Faye cool. in so game... Rob was running Chaos Cult which yeah, is interesting exactly and the Chaos Cult were basically my token bad guys for the day because well I mean that obviously lends itself and they had captured um, one of my Orlock gangers and um, were offering him to a demon that had been speaking to Rob's leader. Wasn't the demon called Brander? No, the demon's not called Brander. It's a good demon name. uh, christened it Brenda. I think I renamed it at some point, but... um, Brenda. Brenda, yeah. Brenda-ax. Brenda-ax. Yeah, exactly. Um, that Doctor Who episode that they just did where they can't pronounce the alien's name so they just call him Tim Shaw because he's like oh, my name is Tim Shaw <laughs> so, Tim Shaw <laughs> um, people from the north say right yeah. I mean yeah that was the joke in the episode yeah. Yeah. and uh, yes and the idea was that this um, this juve was there was a ritual being going on in the middle of the table and the inquisitor had uh, borrowed the services of these goliaths to try and interrupt it um, we in- interrupted it to a point, but it was enough for um, the leader of the cult, or the sorcerer, I should say, yeah. to use this mysterious substance that's appeared in the dome to um, manip- to a base- effectively reanimate uh, corpses of those that had fallen down the pit. Yeah. And that's where these zombies... It was it, The leader didn't know that's what they were doing. Mm-hmm. It was a side effect... Of the okay. ritual that they were trying to do to bring this demon into the world, but um, the uh, these zombies then started crawling out of that pit and into the territories that the gangs had established. Therefore, the guild had then put a word out to all gangs that they had to send a contingency of people yeah. to, um, to to purge the problem. Uh, otherwise, we'd end up with a contract on their head. Yeah, I guess to answer your question about the narrative from a from a player perspective as well. Um, 
everyone started as if they'd been thrown into the mix they'd lost all of their homes there's been a big kind of uh, geometric shift in the region so people are trying to scrabbling to regain land so there's some danger around that that was further compounded by um, basically all law enforcement disappearing and then an inquisitor showing up and saying right you're with me are you with the emperor all that sort of stuff You've then got a lot of trepidation and suspicion between gangs that perhaps might be allied. We had two Cordor gangs on the day who tried to kind of work together and weren't able to pull in the same direction. Exactly, yeah. Uh, we've got chaos cults going on. There's all sorts of really bad stuff going on while yeah. people have lost all sense of stability. So the kind of um, the kind of final scenario then was actually we need to put all of that aside for a minute because 50 zombies are showing up every 10 minutes. Sure. And so we're at a position at the end of the cycle where some gangs have gained some power but what's going on kind of in the uber narrative around the around the gangs is that it's gone really really badly wrong and nobody is going to be particularly keen about going to investigate what has gone wrong Mm -hmm. but there's pressure from the inquisition and from the local authorities and the arbiters to go and deal with it and it's not worth anybody's life to stick around and not do that in a kind of commissariat kind of way so it leaves us on a bit of a and we so the players who weren't able to make the kind of big narrative day are um, catching up and doing four games kind of yeah exactly the next few months yeah. okay, everybody cool. will be at the same point and hopefully the gangs will come together and I think at the end of that cycle everyone will be on a bit of a precipice of so we've managed to gain some stuff but this could go horribly wrong at any moment so that's mm-hmm. kind of the, the the feeling behind it yeah exactly Adam's quite right so there was two mechanics that I did to inject a little bit more life into the campaign one was I gave everybody after game one a special territory which is not normally something you get it's randomly generated on a chart but special territories allow you to either do some cool in-game things or to enhance your post-game experience effectively Um, and this is actually one of those you did quite well because even though it was thematic which is great you also got a Kempit didn't you which works really well with your narrative and allowed a, an extra post-game action or something. It was an extra D six times ten credits, and I rolled a six Wicked. games in a row. Wicked. So it was an extra. <laughs> it's bumps. Yeah, credits, yeah. Which is a lot. When yeah. You start with a thousand. Yeah. Um, and it was, and also then the Chaos Cult ended up with some vents that they could then, um, you know, infiltrate on the tables with cool. and stuff, which is great. Um, and basically, it 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 represented there being. Uh, because things have gone so horribly wrong actually all this territory really was truly up for grabs so people were able to get something a little bit more thematic Um, and the other thing then was I really wanted players as I said already to play a a scenario that was fitting to the narrative they were in and then buy scenario 4 tie it all together and then you've got um, people who've got their own grudges and allegiances already worked out but also this sense of we can't push too hard on this or if we're isolated, we might get picked off. Um, and then, as Adam quite rightly pointed out, I then basically condensed the pack for the day into a side of A4 so that people who weren't able to attend can play catch-up games yep, and still be as, and still be as involved. And then if they can make... The idea is that if you come to a campaign day, there's going to be bonuses. Yep. If you can't, that's cool. You can still be involved, yep. but you may not quite get the and same you're to do one cycle a month or two I'm, months no, a qu- we said a quarter for now didn't we okay, a campaign yeah. day every quarter because yeah. I mean let's face four it four games in a quarter is pretty reasonable yeah, yeah exactly yeah, sure. and, um, and if you do all of that in one hit it means you've got plenty of time for other stuff yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. I think that good. quite an event too yeah. and uh, what I'm thinking of introducing for cycle two is actually splitting it a little bit so actually those who attend the campaign day 
can also play some interim games elsewhere that affect a different part of their narrative. Yeah, yeah, if they uh, want to. Yeah, so the obvious one being... Side um, quests. Yeah, well, the big one being I'm thinking of doing it as those who go down the pit and those who are left at home. Yeah. Sure. And the campaign day maybe being about those who go down the pit, because that's the cool bit. I think that everybody wants to interact with and have a good fun with. Yeah. And then the side bit being maybe um, settling some scores and things with those who are left up on the surface. Especially in a political vacuum. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I'm thinking. But I, I still, I've got to be honest. I still need to map that out. Um, yeah, but you've got, you've got. Like, so you like, you've given yourself a good, a good schedule to sort it all out. Yeah. I think. Yeah, exactly. And I've, I've also started playing the catch-up games myself with my Orlocks because I actually have come to, to get involved. So I wanted to <laughs> yeah. get involved. Absolutely, I was quite. Um, and yeah. also using the NPCs all day um, wasn't actually necessarily giving me as much experience with the rules as I wanted to have as a GM. So I thought it would be. Yeah. Best practice, uh, yeah, yeah. as it were. So yeah, yeah that was that was awesome, and we'll, we'll update you as and as and when there's more mm. from uh, the underhive. So we leave we leave Necromunda with the, all of the gangs. Correct me if I'm wrong. All of the gangs yeah. trying to decide whether yeah, they're absolutely. go down and send certain people down the pit. Yeah, let me. Um, yeah, I guess. after being forced by the local authorities and the Inquisition. Yeah, and decide is an interesting word. I think forced. They they're, they're going to have to go. go yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the sure. the big piece around that is. Um, the trading post is now open, so the guild have reopened in um, in their sector, sector five. Yeah. Um, they may or may not start making appearance. I think it's probably obvious to the players that they will make an appearance at some point, but in what form? But they are also now trying to press on the gangs that actually, sorry, we are still here. You are going to have to do what we say. Yep. Um, and also, there is now an Inquisitor running around who is painted to look like the Marine from Doom. So don't mess with him. So don't mess with him because awesome. he's pissed off. Yeah. Um, and what's really great is, um, and this is an absolute testament to all the players, is I've got like a million unread WhatsApp messages. Oh my God, that group is ridiculous. Um, There's so much narrative. I've got going on yeah. In the chat everyone's written up stories from their games everybody's super excited even the pl- and the players who didn't attend the campaign day have really and I'm really yeah, proud Robert, of them and James played at yeah. Madhouse on Friday and their game I observed like a bit of their game before going for a drink with Holly and their game was just awesome and yeah. they were like I don't think that would happen actually I think my character's going to do this it's like that's not tactically what you should be doing but no. there's a narrative objective Absolutely. and then they both wrote up like a narrative response exactly. to the game so like yeah. that's an investment of like the entire evening and then like a morning to like a single 45 minute Necromunda game which yeah. is cool yeah yeah, that's really good and as a result I have a, a lot of WhatsApp messages to get through and I will get through them and compile them and it will absolutely direct where we go where we go next so it's great because it means the players are really affecting yeah and it, you more stuff to go on exactly really, and really James is particularly good at this as well He te- he's been texting me and saying there's this rule which means that my gang could do this thing but it's a bit bent and I don't really want it to work like that can you give it a ruling now before I'm in game yeah. and it and yeah. it pisses somebody off and that's great it's exactly, exactly what I wanted what to see doing yeah yep. exactly absolutely yep. so no that, oh, or I just get the rules wrong yeah sure whatever <laughs> yeah, that, that never happens rain of lead aside or whatever it's called yeah. <laughs> as long as you're confident with it right should we have a quick break yeah let's absolutely. do absolutely uh, we'll see you guys in a minute Uh, so, open play, um, and um, this week I tried really hard to get hold of Becca Scott, but she's not answering my calls, so we've got the ne- next best person uh, on my list, not anymore, <laughs> uh, to talk to us about um, 
Warhammer Underworlds Season 2 Night Vault. There you go, I've been all official and everything and not just called it Shadespire. Yeah, what? Oh, it's Shadespire, not. The, the oh, we're talking for... about Shadespire. It's Warhammer Underworlds. Oh, Underworld, I didn't know what you were talking about. It's, like, it's 2018, get with it. The uh, game we, formerly known as Shadespire. The game formerly yeah. known as <laughs> The game formerly known as Shades by, and we have Donald Taylor, um, the man the artist, co- formerly known formerly known as Becca Scott, uh, to talk to us. Or the man currently known as the Grot King. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, Donald, I think you've probably got the best, the the most experience um, out of us at uh, playing Shades by. I'm just going to call it Shades I've, I've played four. Okay. I played one game wrong because I was really drunk. <laughs> so. Yep. Donald is so officially the expert in the room now. Officially the expert, but never win a game, so... Have you never? Hey, you beat me. Were you using the Iron Jaws? Rarely. Uh, I was using the Iron Jaws, and, and then I moved on to Far Striders. Okay, because um, you'd never won a game. No, because I got bored of how Losing. they played. <laughs> yeah. I got bored of how they played, and every time that it was the same. I played at LGT, and I got a buy, so I, I didn't come bottom. <laughs> But then someone walked away, so I played. I stepped in for that, lost that game, but still finished higher than the guy I played. I suddenly wow. really do wish that Becca Scott had come to talk to us about this. <laughs> do you actually know what you're talking about? Let's let's find out. They play cards. Um, so we, of course we have the, the second season, and what's exciting uh, about that for me in particular is we've got some new models and warbands coming out. So what have we got? So so far we have um, the Sacrosanct Chamber. Yeah. So that's more Stormcast, but these ones are wizards. Yeah. So I think there's Wizard three. Cast. Yeah. Three evocators, um, and then we have the night hunt models as well. Oh, the bri- the queen of briars, the briar queen, the one that looks uh, like the Rose Lady, Lady Orlando, but yeah. smaller. Banshee, La- La- Lady Banshee Orlando Lady. Light, Banshee okay. Vine Lady. She's a cool model. Yeah, it's nice. those are super pretty. Also going hard on the rose aesthetic now, aren't they? The, yeah, I mean it's easy to three D print them. <laughs> Very much so. And copy and paste your so, CAD cam. So that came in the starter, <laughs> um, the starter set, and then this weekend we got the um, Zinch. So the Curse of Nine Eyes. Oh, yeah, a bit disappointing know, yeah, that those models are terrible. <laughs> I like the original Zinch caster more than the, the new yeah. guys come out. I haven't seen them. So, so you know all of the really Zinch models? Yes. It's like them, but really monopose. So like Chirocacolites or like demons? You have a couple of Chirocacolites. You have... Um, okay. You know the sorcerer model they do with the weird like backwards legs? Yes. And the spiky yeah, yeah. head. They basically nice. done him but standing upright. It's nice, but it's a two thousand eight sculpt. Yeah, it is, it is basically old, like, it. I remember liking it, but And they have some Zangor as well. Okay. okay, and those are also like, they, one's got a big sword, but it's also the same as the Zangor that you can buy yeah, loads of sure. for the same And price. I feel like the isn't there a blue horror or pink horror or M, what do they call it? Like yeah. a Flicker, yeah. No. I feel like the brimstone. My, my 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 point of those is they feel like the ones that were in Silver Tower. Yeah. So. But they add something to the game. Both of you know we've already mentioned two warbands that have magic, which we'll probably come on to in a minute. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one that came out this weekend was uh, our last weekend. By the time this comes out, was the Moon Clan Grot Warband. So you don't want to talk about at all, I'm sure. No, not at all. I guess we can talk about that after. Yeah. And then the other ones that have been leaked, but there's not much known about them, is a Dark Oath Warband. Cool. So yeah. that's kind of uh, Chaos Mortals. Not yeah, non God aligned yeah. Chaos Mortals. Mm. What what did that used to be called? Undivided. Undivided. Like undivided. Dark Oath. Dark Oath's a cool Chaos Undivided. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a mixture between the Ever Chosen and the. Um, slaves to darkness. darkness type aesthetic yeah um, then there's KO so yep the I wonder how they'll Lord find Wars. out loads of spaceships to be in uh, they will just shoot them 
yeah. I would imagine. And fast, fast riders are quite good at that, right? In the game, so shooting has its place in in uh, Underworlds, I think. It does have its place. But I if think it, the, if it doesn't, no one's going to buy KO, are they? So <laughs> this is true. No. Um, Hashtag fuck. And Silvermath. <laughs> so. And so I'm super excited about Silvermath. So those we models. don't we haven't got models or any pictures of them. No, we, we have illustrations. We have some art. Like, okay, cool. Like but like illustrative box mm. art type images. Yeah. But without necessarily. Oh, right, you know right, what right, I mean? Right. I have to say, yes, I, I think I've seen them. On that note, the artwork for this system is really cool. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like the yeah. I like the direction it's going. In. So that sounds like. What, and, and then the final packs. one there's another one which is oh, right. the Trogoth um, warband so it's going to be like one troll so it's a troll or a Trogoth and two flat flying cave squigs and then okay. a little mushroom dude who looks like a killer mushroom and then an egg hatching thing um, oh that's a bit like um, the Venus flytrap from yeah. uh, Little Shop of Horrors yeah I'd prefer if it was just one massive troll. I think. I think. Here's your warband. There's one guy. I think the the fluff is he just walked through a cave and then these things started following him. Following him around. Um, That's pretty cool. I like that. So the model for the better story than Twilight. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Twilight just came out on Netflix, and I have watched rewatched it all (laughs) in the Um, last week. We really should have tried to get back as well for the for the rest of the episode. Sorry, we're off. Um, so, like, in my experience, so you, you've got you've got your warbands. Shooting's kind of latter half of the first season that came in. Um, there's a few ploy cards that give you, uh, sorry, upgrade cards that give you like range, range attacks. Effect. Yeah. So how how do you think that the second season has has changed or will change? So I think. Scene? Um, so just at the at the back end of the last season, we saw some leader cards. That was a new yeah. mechanic. Um, and we also saw the lethal hexes come in in a couple of new boards. So for those of you who don't know, obviously Underworld is a uh, hexagonal uh, grid system. Um, uh, the hex boards that have dangerous ones have a red ring around them, essentially. So if you get moved into that, you potentially take one damage. And that could yeah. be through knockback or just walking. Yeah. So you can so that's changed the the system a little bit um, mm-hmm. in terms of how things played. Um, they are more active now, and then the big change um, in in this edition is uh, wizards uh, exist. Yes. So and they look cool. I mean, the Stormcast wizard guy has like a very heavy metal beard and hair guys. Cut. They're yeah. all wizards. The other two are wearing helmets, though, right? Yeah. yeah. So heavy metal wizards. Um, but so a lot of these these new warbands have wizards. Um, Certainly, three, uh, all, all four that have been released have wizards. Yeah, and even and from from the art for the Sylvaneth, it's pretty certain that there's kind of a branch wraith esque leader in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So how is a wizard different to another type of unit? So add? so spells didn't previously exist. You would you'd have up cards that you can use to affect the game. Um, you've got uh, yeah. well, you had ploy cards and upgrade cards. So you have like a series of cogs or a little dagger in the corner. Yeah. Um, that activates slightly differently. But I believe ploys are now called gambits. So ploys are still ploys, but right. with, um, spells are gambits. So when you build a deck with um, Shades Bar, you have twelve objective cards. Mm-hmm. So they're in one one deck, and then you have upgrades and ploy slash gambits. Yeah. So you you can have a mac or minimum ten upgrades and ten ploys slash gambits. Okay. Um, you can have as many as you want, to my knowledge, um, but you can never have more ploys and gambits than upgrades. So you could have twelve um, and twelve. So you, and the deck is how many cards? Um, so usually people run 
um, 20, so 10 and 10, or um, 22, 11 and 11. I think some people may, if they can churn them out, run uh, more uh, more 12 and 12, but really? it okay. rarely, it depends how quickly you can churn the deck. So yeah. okay. um, so there are pros and cons to having a heavy deck or a light deck, because if you, if you want to play the same style of game, you'll get through that deck, but when it's gone, you don't really have anything else that you can do. Whereas if you sure. never cycle through the whole deck because you've got a set yeah. amount of game time you're actually reducing the chances of getting perhaps the more powerful combinations off yeah having a, a which is why deck. in most games like that you would just have the minimum size deck possible so yeah. the only exception to that is because um the way it works is you have three rounds before activations each if you're playing a warband like stormcast where you have just less models on the board and mm. therefore less models that can charge or yeah, do specific yeah. activations do you may be able to churn your deck faster so some people do run 22 for that reason so for each um, each um each round you have four activations and if you have three models then you've at least got one per turn of like generating a different thing into your deck okay yeah fair enough Is that yeah I guess. so um gambits i think are going to be the new thing it'll yeah. be interesting to see how important they are um looking at it from a um, a warband that only has one wizard perspective mm -hmm. you rarely want to be re relying on your ploys for one wizard so I think that could, yeah. could limit um, and I guess that's similar with spells building. and champions as yeah. well right you, you either want to go yeah, hard towards true. something or maybe leave it alone and it'll be interesting to see how the kind of older cornate decks do Garrick's Reavers and um, yeah do we think there's going to be there's going to be power creep and no, you won't see any of last season's stuff well, that, that's the advantage of it being seasonal, right? I suppose like, so. I, I suspect not. I think it'll probably... The, the older warbands will hold their own because the all, cards the, are all, all of the still cards, legal, right? all yes. the cards yeah. are still legal and actually it's easier than ever to get hold of the original cards because they're releasing the starter set cards as like a separate deck so you don't have to buy... Yeah, you have to you buy cannot those. buy the Shades Fire box anymore. Unless you go to Magic Madhouse. Unless you go to Magic Madhouse or anyone has got them still in stock. Yeah. But you can get those. You can now get all of the cards from season one much more easily and directly because they've released them as packs. Sure. Yeah. So you don't think there'll be kind of power creep? I don't. I think there. I think there probably so is rubbish. some power creep, um, but the first GT is going to be in a few weeks, um, okay. which is at Blood and Glory. Which is going to be after this new stuff is released. Yes. Yeah, so it's after. So it's everything's already released. Um, yeah. I don't think there's any more releases due out before then. So like um, Sylvaneth won't be out. No, yeah, won't be out. I would be very, very surprised. I think they'll be out either in December or okay. Nighthorn, Sacrosanct, Chamber, um, Zangor, uh, Zinch, Arcanites, and um, the, the Moon Clan have been released. So that's four new warbands and yeah. a new style of play with gambits. Yeah. So yeah. you think most people will be taking that? At I think I would expect a lot of people will, but mm. equally. Um, there will be a lot of people who are just experienced with their old war bands who yeah, know how to play true. it better. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, you, the maximum historically in any war band was seven models, um, but now the new Moon Clan one is up to nine. Yeah. So I saw that. It's that just so changed. It's, it's such a different way to play. There's only seven starting hexes, so your squigs don't deploy on a starting hex. Um, but that just changes, I think, how how the game will play, and I don't think a lot of people will be ready to. To, to play that uh, the other that reminds me that the other thing that's been introduced is the idea of random direction um, so previously you've obviously had like stuff like Grand Smash where you can just like bump everybody in a radius off their squares mm. away from a central point 
but with stuff like the Fnatic and anecdotally I understand there's a few cars that have random direction effects as well um, you've got movement where actually you have to be kind of quite canny with where you start your Fnatic off or, or whatever that is because you Fnatic's want to be able to be like he is in Blood Bowl exactly you have yeah, control yeah. Over where um, he goes. in fact I think there's less control is that um, right than in Blood Bowl so at least you choose the direction with Blood Bowl and it's only it's one to three yeah. so the Fnatic you he starts out normal character and then you can charge but as soon as he's activated or as soon as he finishes his first activation he becomes inspired which is when um, any individual yeah. model becomes stronger and that's when he starts having this more fanatic rules and so you can point him in the general direction of where you want to go but then out of all the the um, hexagonal um, directions it's basically a dice roll um, right. so yeah. it is it is pretty random question if it's random and this is meant to be well it's boxed as the ultimate competitive game mm -hmm. does that put you off that warband it would never put me off Don't that warband yeah. um, I mean sorry <laughs> I mean put I meant put off from a uber competitive perspective so my, my thought on that is it's probably too soon to tell for one yeah of course e equally like there are impassable parts of the board um, so depending on where you set up, you're going to be able to control to an extent where stuff ends up going. And presumably um, so that fanatic goes into an open hex. Yeah. But surely the build then is there will be cards that will be able to manipulate the board in such a way that you have more control than random might suggest. Um, That'd be fair. Not for the fanatic, because as soon as you start going to places that he can't go, then he just suffers a wound. I was going to okay, say, um, yeah, imagine you. Uh, he doesn't just die like old eight. But you, do, yeah. oh, you went in a forest. Well, you're dead. he only moves three times, so if he hits that same spot twice in a row, I think he might end up hurting himself twice in a row. Sure. I need to read the card. Um, Presumably, the grot's got low wound count as well. Him. That's the big right. issue. So because you've got so many grots, you surely just if I if you don't want to activate him yet, you just. Don't yeah, and if you want to defend an objective, you leave him there, and then if someone's stupid enough to come close, I guess you can use it. Yeah, um, so I think the, he moves off it, um, but you just don't move him. The the main issue with the warband in terms right. of being competitive, in terms yeah. of the Grot warband, yeah, um, is that they're low wound count, um, so they will give up a lot of glory very quickly, and yeah. glory you score glory either by completing objectives, a couple of upgraded cards, or by killing um, yes. your opponent's warband. And with only two wounds on the majority of the models there, um, yeah. they will die pretty quickly. So your yeah. opponent will attempt to farm as much glory off you as quickly as possible. Very quickly. Are the of the skeletons? Um, the similar, similar. And the issue with okay. the skeletons was in order for them to inspire, they needed to die. And so you're giving glory across to you. Like you don't right, see sure, skeletons sure. of the sepulchral stalkers doing particularly well because you have to basically sacrifice the lead in order to be back in the game and perhaps okay. Moonclan will go in a similar except direction. for last year at the first Blood and Glory when Skeletons got released that day and, and someone from GW who had playtested won with Skeletons but that's okay. the only time they've won in a Grand Clash when no one else knew what, no one knew what they were doing yeah right and, and he picked <laughs> that deck that day so we'll be interested to see how that goes at Blood and Glory yeah, yeah. I will be running my Moonclan um, wait to see them as I would be expected to so what to. comes in the Moonclan Fnatic two squigs a Shaman um, so yeah so a fanatic two squigs um, and a squig herder a shaman who's the um, leader mm -hmm. then you've got three bows and you have a netter as well that's great it's it's just and nice it's to have cool. new models yeah, and yeah. if you and buy they're useful nice. as well like they're super nice and if that I know you don't like to kind of predict the future of these things Donald but if that's like anything in terms of the aesthetic for Moon Clan going forwards like we had the fungoid shaman at the beginning of the year yeah. uh, with malign portents and then the Moon Clan 
To be fair, I am actually bored with how many destruction releases there are. (laughs) Yeah, I think we've had so many now. We've had just what ten destruction models this year. Yeah, too many. It's way too many. It must be ten times as many as 2017. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no, it's way more than that. It's infinitely more. Yeah, I was. I thought there was one. No, no, no. The fungoid shaman was this year. Um, I will say that you have more eels than there have been. yeah, destruction destruction releases, releases this year. Yeah, painted in one evening as well. Yeah, true. Yeah, so on to destruction, Donor. We've got you on the podcast, so we might as well talk about where destruction are in in all of the other games that we play. It's also October at the moment. It is, it is October. October. Speed Freaks were just announced on pre-order. Oh god, yeah, I saw that. So oh my god! And as the man running the Necromunda campaign, I'm looking at those vehicles and thinking, yeah, I, I'm yeah. I, I'm. I've already put the money aside to buy another Goliath box and head the front of every single vehicle, right? So that every single vehicle is Mad Max. I mean, I don't think you have to strap them on. I think that's already modelled into the kit. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, One of them has the Mad Max. It's it's literally just like... They're amazing. Uh, That's so cool. Yeah, Um, they're so cool. But in terms of um, Age of Sigmar, I guess, or the world of Age of Sigmar, um, you've been doing bad things with them. So I've been running Destruction for, since playing Age of Sigmar, so it's about two years. Yeah. And over the last year, entirely focused on the Grot side of factions. Because you were Beast Claws. I was at I, the start. I used to play Ogres, so that yeah, was the yeah. the yeah. natural move, and then I've stuck with Grots. So it's just kind of got smaller and smaller. Yeah. So I yeah. played Age of Santa Not was my only next. Age of Santa <laughs> was my first um, tournament with them. Sure. Where I played four Gaunt Summoners and cried. Oh, um, I remember you coming in City in my flat and being like, I'm never playing Age of Sigmar again, I hate it. And then by the end of the conversation, being like, So I want you to do this for me. Yeah. And Colossal Squigs happened. Uh, How many times have we had that conversation with you this year, don't No, we? not any, not since uh, since that, because then I started winning. Fair um, enough. <laughs> and you just haven't really stopped. Yeah, so it's been, been an improvement. So I, I did well at LGT, won yep. four, lost a game I couldn't work one did well at Six Nations where I did bad things during a two week period um, of AOS 2 being dropped but Which no FAQ you some infamy of 180 being... whatever wounds um, my grotch netter did 192 yeah. um, no but, one can remember that but, but me and I'm really bad with numbers but it's, it's an um, epic story but the previous game um, one unit had killed 30 plague burrs and 9 plague drones and I think that was actually a better stat but no, yes. one, no one talks about that. It's nice the one champion doing it by himself. Yeah. That is yeah. really nice. Uh, the rest of the unit also killed like nine Iron Guts. <laughs> like... <laughs> Straight. I mean, this, yeah. this was silly yeah. enough that Donal encouraged them to presumably... Well, one of the working theories is that the new war scroll for the, the Grot War Boss is from a forthcoming Moon Clan book. But either way, they changed that command ability pretty sharply. They did, and and I, I'm not a huge fan of where they went with it, although I no. understand why they... And so there was a suspicion direction. that actually Moon Clan were going to be quite hard hit by that, because certainly they were very powerful at the beginning of AOS 2, but actually the proof's in the pudding. You've been performing just as well without that second command ability to be honest it was unnecessary my list is much stronger now in scenario play it was just because that was a team tournament I just avoided the matchups that I would lose to it's super Um, super high damage yeah super high damage and as long as you couldn't kill my heroes um, I could do lots of damage Uh, and then Bobo I did well went four and four and one yeah uh, lost against eels um, and to be honest Gary just outplayed me so um I deserved to lose that and I did 
Um, and then I won five at Facehammer at my last tournament, which was fantastic. But that was with a mixed destruction, so I picked up a Frostlord now. A Frostlord on Stonehorn? Yes, um, who flies. With a flying... With a cloak, yeah. The Shaman cloak. Yeah. yeah. It's That's amazing. Oh, I the love that Ash Queen cloak? It's oh, there's two cloaks, isn't there? It's yeah. the plus four movement and fly. That's oh, the, okay. That's the actually one. It's the thermal the rider cloak. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's definitely my pick. I think that's my favourite artifact. Um, thematically, it also gets around the problem that you explained to me of shackles being a 20 point spell, um, which I think we've talked about before, so I won't dwell on. Yeah, I think it's one, of the picture, it's one of the cover pictures for one of the podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that was post Bobo, wasn't it? Um, I, I think Thermal Rider Cloak is great on him. Um, so I, I feel like in terms of where destruction are yeah. in destruction you just have to pay for things that every other army gets so yeah. death for instance have a zombie dragon with a theory amulet yeah, but I have to pay to fly um, because I don't fly um, yeah. or but you have the damage reduction that he has to pay for the ethereal amulet with yeah but he already flies so Sure. The, like it's, the stone it's, one it's, has the halving damage, but he also has the versus... five up, five up in um, oh, yeah, feel no yeah. pains, and which which is essentially the same thing as having damage yes, or close sure. to, sure. um, and his wizard and does many other Are things. They the same points, four forty. Uh, four twenty on the frost lord now. Oh well, twenty twenty. Um, he does do more more damage. <laughs> that, does, <laughs> that does give you shackles. That's true. So the um, is always the right choice. But um, artillery's worse in destruction. Um, a hag for 60 points in Daughters of Cain versus having to spend 50 points on a command point that does it as a one-off. Yeah. Um, I just think Destruction are in general um, a worse position, but I think as a faction they're fairly well balanced internally. Yes, but that's um, not against the other three. No, no. So, <laughs> so, would, you, would you run a Destruction-only tournament? If I could get the guys from Australia who are in our Moon Clan chat just over to the UK, yeah. it would be such a fun tournament where it'd be so well or balanced. Six Nations actually yeah. have a have a singles event the day before, but everyone has to play Destruction. Um, so actually, Six Nations is an interesting one because I don't think we should be doing Grand Alliances because Destruction's in such a bad place. Sure. Um, so you don't think force every team to bring one Destruction is necessary? No, I don't. I, I think we last year, right? And and the year before, and I think yeah. that made sense a year ago um, when we did it. But I think certainly that, the power creep for order has been insane. Well, and death. they just have and, so and, many and options, right? Place. How many options actually are there in destruction? Um, Very little. There's there's mixed destruction, and Ian Spinks been doing awesome stuff with bone splitters. Um, but that's so that I, list's mostly gone. No, no, his his list is um, the, the boar fly, boys, the flying boar boys. Yeah, yeah. It's mostly gone. Like, um, uh, well, he's he's still doing. He came fifteenth at the GT. He did. That's impressive. Did a decent finish, I think, yeah. at yeah. Face Hammer. And Tom's obviously been doing uh, good stuff with mixed. Yeah, and and I've had decent results, but it, it is just three players who play a lot of yeah. destruction. And Beast Beast Claw are kind of where. I feel like Beast Claw are, all, are where they've always been, which is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, they, 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 they are... smashed two out of their five games, and if you have experience, you might win that third one. Yeah. But you're not going to win all five. I think they're good as it's a good... enough models to win all the objectives. They're a good army to um, crush some other armies, yeah. and particularly some armies that are very competitive. Yeah, they're, sure. they're um, nice in the mix. Yeah. Um, and George certainly has taken great pleasure destroying kind of meta armies with it. But them being amused, they in just general destruction struggle to hit. They're usually fours. There's no real way to bonus the hits in a in an interesting fashion. You got to remember your triumphs, right? 
you do have to remember your charm. So so I killed Alario with a flying frost lord because Laurie gave me a twenty nine was twenty nine inches away at the start of the phase, maybe thirty two. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it's off the the realm and because of bellowing tyrants and fly and I managed to comfortably get in, um, despite only rolling two on the run. Um, sure. But that that for instance just gives an example of um, it, I only want I only killed Alario because of the triumph and yeah. and I think that's the well, issue that's, that's another interesting point as well because it's another thing that they actually lack is these really really strong named characters like Death has we saw it we saw at Angel Core like Nagash Alario um, Arkan. Arkan all of the big big players were consistently on the top uh, Marathi yeah. as well constantly on the top tables Destruction I mean, have nothing the they have Gordrak <laughs> who is but, dreadful who is not good for his points. No, no. Um, and he hurts. He but. would be great if destruction had more battalions because his ability, his once a game command ability, affects, affects battalions. Battalion, yeah. But right, there's okay. no battalions you can take, yeah. or like one battalion you can take, and it's just yeah. not very. It's sort of a compound of factors, isn't it? There's all of these things that just together and together and together just make destruction it, less and less and less playable. It strikes me that it's an easy fix. Um, a Legions of Nagash style book for yeah, destruction. Putting in more battalions, changing some point stuff, maybe introducing a couple of new units. Um, I th- wouldn't need yeah. new battalions; it would just need I think, like, new legions of Nagash. I, I think a le- legions ability, our alliance, um, better elite allegiance abilities, mm-hmm. and battalions, so that you can start start having more than one um, artifact. Yeah, sure. And lower you your drop as well, because you're like any time I play, I. I have a rare occasion where I, I drop my opponent, and that's like usually because me. I won a dice roll. Um, like against me. What? Yeah. How many? How many drops is your the list you ran at face hammer? Nine. Okay, so you'd have outdropped my living city yeah. list. Yeah, but that's you. Cho- you chose yeah, to yeah. have a low drop army. I did. I don't have a choice because I have to have a high drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The minimum I'm going to have is four if I only take three battle line and a character. Yeah. yeah. Which There's no battalion that they fit in. No. Um, so I think that's that's a big issue with destruction. Having said that, it is possible to do well with them, as yeah. as I've proven. So I don't think they actually need to decrease or increase in points necessarily. Yeah, I think at, there's more in of a, general. allegiance rebalancing that's required and and allowing them to fit into the current meta. I think the beast claw thing's interesting because your your list, of course, has a huge number of bodies. So in terms of objective play, if you can string out and cover that you know get that board coverage you're in a good position but if you kind of look at like beast claw raiders which they were pushing super hard at the start of aos yeah like iron jaws you yeah iron jaws suffer less from it but sure they're a low model count army relative to moon clan yeah but like beast claw like you potentially have four monsters and that's your army (laughs) and you're like oh there are six objectives that's gonna be hard work. I yeah. against that at South Coast, it was hilarious. Like five of the, the four of the big big monsters, the herd. just just uh, Mornfang. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with Beast Claw, you could um, ally in um, eighty Grots, which would make it a lot more competitive as a unit of yeah, sort yeah. of yeah. four units of twenty or whatever that um, thing yeah. is, and uh, yeah. the big list to kind of broke destruction um because it got nerfed was max's um thunder tusks frost lord and fanatics and grots yeah which has then led to fanatics having to go to three the models Mu clan. That's what the moo clan Mu clan list. but it led to fanatics being um minimum unit size three instead of one which was yep. probably a good change because i still think they're yep. hugely valuable 
um, Moon Clan Grot's going up in price, and the Huskard's going up in price, and the Frostlord going up in price, and the Bellowing Tyrant ability or artifact being taken away. Mm. Yeah, and it just nobody, got hit by a massive comp hammer. Didn't just it? everything, yeah. and it just made no sense. And people stopped playing it, and even the people who played it. AOS won very heavily, like Chris Tomlin, just stopped playing Iron Jaws. Yeah, uh, I think that gives us a pretty good, a pretty good rundown as to where destruction are. Um, you got to be good to win. Fair enough. <laughs> or play a lot. I think yeah. that's yeah. the. What do you think the next book will be? Just quick, if there's going to be a destruction book in 2018 or 19, do you think it's going to be Moon Clan or? I don't think there'll be a destruction book. You just. I you genuinely just, don't think genuinely so. Genuinely don't think that. I think they've forgotten be. that they exist. Right. Okay. There's somebody in a department somewhere in Games Workshop, and he's sitting in a closet, and he's written all of these books. <laughs> no one wants to talk to him. Where's Terry gone from the destruction department? Yeah. He's in the mop cupboard. Okay. One of those Warhammer TV videos where they open a cupboard and a guy covered um, in green paint falls out crying and is like, "I've had this for three years, and we'll I've, get a book." I've been multiple excited multiple times about a potential grot release yeah. and been dis- disappointed each time so now I live in the hope that yeah, um, okay. we just get a bit better allegiance abilities I mean in the short term I'm, I'm hoping for kind of the diversity of those lists that the moon clan uh, war scrolls for the new unit that came out is actually usable it, like it not, is relatively like, usable sense in, a, in a list because those are new models and they're, they're never usable they, they are the moon clan oh, one is, is the moon clan one in a non-shooting meta has sure. potentially some legs because the fanatic doesn't just die. Yes, but it, it's it's very potentially, and his sure. spell is so arbitrarily situational. <laughs> um, so so the spell. If you attacked and it's currently a full moon with <laughs> you're on so table seventeen. The spell thirty four man tournament. The, the spell forces um, an opponent to retreat. So in duality or some oh, of those wow. scenarios, great, right, awesome. Yeah, three inch range. He does not want to be so, in combat. With no, so, so the situational part is either you take something like um, spell portal, in which case you're investing two hundred points in yeah, sure. eight models, or you hope that you roll a six on the destruction move, charge into the star drake, force him to retreat. That is so unlikely to happen that is hilarious when it does. You need to do that and play for that. Isn't there an um, item that makes you Ben Johnson's promised me a cookie? Phase. There's an item that makes you immune to the combat phase, isn't there? Yes, uh, there is. Yeah, Doppelganger so club. So I no, put no, it... that one you can still attack back. Okay. But I thought there was one that no, just says the... you cannot take damage. It's on a fight. No, it's on. A, it's on a. There's one. I think there's one that's one use, which you would use it for. There's another one which every combat phase yeah. on a five plus you can choose a unit within three inches. Because there's a deep king one that attack. does it. And obviously, so, so you you take those kind of artifacts and you charge in, and then you double turn, and then you've made them run away. <laughs> <laughs> this, this sounds a lot like we've snuck back into to match play at this, yeah. at this point. Anyway, yeah. thanks very much for the overview of destruction, Daniel. It's been really good to have you on. Um, I think we should probably wrap up. That's right? pretty much us. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks again to Sound Mouse, uh, to Jay Channer for our jingles, um, to Donald for coming on, uh, to Becca Scott for not answering my calls, um, to <laughs> Alex for running the next Monday day, for Matt That's and cool. Karen for uh, running Angel Call, and we'll be back in your ears in a couple of weeks. Yeah, pretty soon. To build up to uh, Realms at War. Absolutely. All right. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.